Uh, I'm excited about today. This is the capstone of our summer series. Um, Beaches Chapel actually starts school on Tuesday. I know Duval County, I believe, is a week away, but we really feel here at Beaches Chapel, this is kind of the end of our summer. So today marks the end of our summer series, and uh, we're excited about this school year. Uh, Allison was actually going to be here this morning, our principal, to, to pray over the year and to just kind of give you all some thoughts on what this year holds, but she is actually up in, uh, over in Mississippi uh, getting her daughter situated in Mississippi State, and she's going to have all the tears today. She's coming home tomorrow, leaving her daughter there. So be praying for Allison, our principal. If you've ever dropped your child off at school before, you know what she's going through. I don't. I'm not going to do that with my children. They are locked in, and they're never going to grow up. And so I don't. I can't relate. But um, definitely be praying for. Uh, for her. And if we could, before we even get started, can we just pray for this school year uh, together this morning? And we're believing for lives to be changed and uh, God to just be imparted in our students and the families here. So Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to have over 260 kids on our campus five days a week hearing about Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord, that those that are returning that maybe feel like they've heard it all before, they've sang the songs, they've gone through all the Bible studies, Lord, that you would soften their hearts Father, you would allow them to be ready to receive what you want to impart to them this year. God, for the students that are coming in who have hard home lives, who don't have healthy homes, God, that this would be a home for them. God, that when they walk on this campus, they would feel your love, not just, not just from the presence of your Holy Spirit that rests on this place, Lord, but from the teachers, Lord, from the faculty, from the staff that, that is from all sides, God. Lord, we lift up our preschool as well. And we pray those same things, Lord, from the, from the little infants, Father, all the way to the four-year-olds, Jesus, that you are planting seeds in all of their hearts, God. Little nuggets of truths here and there, Lord, that as they grow older, Lord, your word will be planted in them and it will not return void. Father, we thank you for miracles this year. God, we pray for chains to be broken, Lord. We thank you for testimonies that are gonna come out of this place, Father. Testimonies that we may not even hear until years later, Father, of when I was here, I learned this, and this helped me to get through this. And it brought me back to this place. It brought me back to Jesus. Father, we pray for those things. We pray for the here and now, Lord, that lives would be radically changed. That teenagers, Father, would bow their knee to you, Lord, and commit their lives to you. And that by being here, by hearing the love of Jesus, they would be able to step away from the traps God, and the attacks that are so relentless from the enemy in this world today. Thank you, Jesus, for readying their hearts for what they're going to hear. And Father, for our staff, Lord, as they are so much more than teachers and admin, they are ministers every day. God, I pray that you would strengthen them, you would equip them, and Holy Spirit, you would fill their mouths with the words that they need to say at the, at the exact moment that they need to be said. Father, bless their homes, God. Bless their marriages, Father. Remind them every day that they are not a job. They are the sons and daughters of the Most High God. Bless them as they work here. Pour into them, Father, personally, Jesus, as they give out every single day. Father, we give you this year. And Father, for those that uh, don't go to school here, Lord, for those that have their, their children going to other schools, God, we pray a protection and blessing over them as well. Father, you are not limited to private schools, Jesus. You go out, Father. And so we thank you, Lord, for all the schools in Duval County, in St. John's County, and the surrounding counties, God. Jesus, all the charter schools, Father, everywhere, Lord God. We pray, Father, that you would protect our children. Protect our children, Lord, from the lies of the enemy. Let them hear only truth, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We love you. 
And we just pray a blessing over this entire school year, over all the schools. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, so this is the end of summer for us, and this is the last Sunday of our summer um, Sunday School Story series. And today's kind of, it's a capstone of, of the entire summer, all right? All the way going back to June 4th, we spent nine weeks talking about stories that we are more familiar with maybe than others, stories that we may have heard once or twice or all sorts of different times in our life. And, and it's been really good. And I think something that we've noticed in each story is that we could have spent an entire series on each story. We are just scratching the surface of what these stories offer. Going back all the way to June 4th when Ben opened the series on Jonah. Then we talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We talked about Daniel and the lion's den. We talked about Jesus feeding the 5,000, Moses parting the Red Sea. We talked about Last week, David and Goliath, we talked about Mary and Martha. It's just been, it's been an awesome, awesome study. In all these stories that involve different people in different parts, different times in history, facing different challenges, all have one, one great common factor in all of them. They all boil down to one specific thing, and that is this. Do you believe that God is who he says he is? Even Jesus, when we talked about him feeding the 5,000, do you believe that God is who he says he is? Another way of saying that is, do you trust God? I want to ask that to us this morning as we wrap this series. Do you trust God? Do you believe that he is who he says he is? And I believe that every single moment, every single decision that we make as Christians, as follower, followers of Jesus, and even not followers of Jesus, boils down to who do you trust? In every moment, in every situation, do you believe that God is who he says he is? And the ultimate of that is, do you trust God enough to turn your life fully over to him? Right? Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, you deny yourself and you pick up your cross and you follow me. He says, if you want to save your life, that you will lose it, Right? So do we trust God enough to turn our entire lives over to him and say, all right, Jesus, you're my savior. I am yours. Here I am fully and completely. I trust you with my life. I trust you in the moments with the fire in the lion's den, right? When there's a huge sea in front of me and you're telling me to walk on it. When you tell me to rest. When you tell me to slay the giant. I trust you. Do we trust him? Do we trust that the cross was enough or are we still trying to earn our salvation? You know, I'm going to say real quick, this one is heavy on my heart this morning. I believe there's some of us in this room, some of us that are watching online that are still trying to earn our salvation. That we hear the story of Jesus dying on the cross for us and we receive it. But when it comes to letting go of who we were, and hearing those things that we're a new creation, that we're born again, that God separates us, that our sin as far as the east is from the west, that we go, yeah, that's great, but then we still hold on to who we were and we're walking in shame and guilt and we, and we hold on to that former self. And we don't trust that Jesus' death on the cross was enough to make us new. Do you trust that the cross was enough? I want to encourage you this morning to trust that Jesus' death and resurrection was enough for you. You do not have to do a thing. You cannot earn your salvation. You cannot work towards your salvation. It was finished when Jesus said those words, it is finished. Do you trust it? 
Are you continuing to grind and work and even question your salvation, saying, it, it, really? Am I? Yes, you are. You are saved by God's grace and love by the death and resurrection of Jesus. Can't earn it, y'all. Do you trust it? Do we trust that when the prayers that we want answered go either unanswered or answered in a way that we didn't want, do we still trust that God is sovereign in our lives? When our prayers go as we see them unanswered, do we still trust that God is sovereign in our lives? Do we trust that when we feel alone that God is still near? Maybe when those prayers go unanswered or the way that you, you know, the way that you didn't want, you're feeling alone, you're feeling like no one hears you, that God is far off and he's considering himself with other people, but not me. I'm alone in this. Do you trust that God is near to the brokenhearted? Do you trust him in those moments? With whatever you are walking in today, whatever you are walking in today, do you trust God enough to turn it over to him? Do you trust him enough to turn it over to him? A couple weeks ago at the well service, Valerie shared a great, a great word to our ladies, and she was talking about when Kyle was in the hospital for 42 days battling COVID pneumonia, literally in a fight for his life, and she's he's in her bedroom, just crying out to God, literally crying and crying out. Valerie can do both, y'all. I've seen it happen. And God says, are you going to give this to me? Are you going to give this to me? And in that moment, it's like, oh, right. She, amazingly, was able to give all of her anxiety, all of her worry, all of her stress over her husband in the hospital for 42 days to the Lord. Do we trust him, y'all? I'm not talking about with a stubbed toe. I'm talking about with the big things in our lives. In what you are walking through today, do you trust him with it? In order to trust God, we have to know God's character. And I want to read a couple verses about what God says about himself. And the first one is one of my all-time favorite verses in the Bible. It's Deuteronomy 32.4. It says, He is the rock. His works are perfect, and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. Listen, if you struggle with trusting God, with the things in your life, I want you to write down Deuteronomy 32.4. I want you to put it on the dashboard in your car, on your mirror. Memorize it. Because those words are powerful. He is the rock. His ways are perfect. All his ways are just. A faithful God, check this out, who does no wrong. He does no wrong. Upright and just is he. Can y'all just consider that for a second? That God has never done any wrong? He has never done one thing wrong. Yes, but I didn't, this didn't happen in my life, and th or this happened, yeah, yes, those things happen, but God does no wrong. He is a faithful God. He is a faithful God who we can put our trust in. He is upright and he is just. That's what he says about himself. Revelation twenty two thirteen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Translation, I'm God, right? I am God. I was here before you. I'm going to be here after you, right? I created all this, the alpha and the omega. 
God is good at giving himself names. Like, I wouldn't have thought of that. I'm James, right? Doesn't exactly carry the same weight. But when God says, I am the alpha, right? Some of y'all in here think you're alpha dogs. Nah, you're betas, right? God's like, because I'm the alpha. I don't know exactly how to go with Omega on that one, right? But it's still cool, right? We'll figure out what that is when he comes back. But it's awesome. Numbers 23, verse 19. Listen, listen to this one, y'all. God is not a man. I'm going to say that again. God is not a man. So he does not lie. He is not human. So he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? You see, our understanding of God is so incredibly finite because we try to understand God through human context, right? And our context is fleshly. It's sinful. We lie. We break promises. And so there are times in our life where we consider God in the only way that we know how, and that is in human form. And what he's saying here is like, look, y'all, I'm not a man. Stop putting me in your category. I don't lie. When I make a promise, it happens. I don't break promises. All right, so stop treating me like one of you. I'm alpha, right? He's not a man. He doesn't lie. When he says he's going to do something, he does it. He doesn't break promises. Psalm 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Chariots and horses. Today, what is that? Money, success, even certain politicians put our trust in that over with the conditions of the world and the conditions of our world and what I have. Chariots and horses. No, we trust in the Lord our God who was before all the chariots and all the horses and will be after all the chariots and all the horses. Which would you rather put your trust in? Look at the state of the economy, y'all. Sure you want to put your trust in your own doing? And what you can earn for yourself? I don't. I want to read this story to y'all that's, that's so good. And, and I believe what the Lord is trying to tell us today in, in regards to trusting in Him. And it starts in Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. It says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid. Listen how blunt God is right here. Moses, my servant, is dead. All right? Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, and from the great river the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous." Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. 
Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So God is telling Joshua, look, Moses is gone. It's your turn now. And this is what I'm going to do. I will give you the land that I have promised. And remember, I am not a man. So when I tell you that I'm giving you this land, and I back it up by saying, I promised you this land, then consider it done. It is yours. And then he goes on to say that I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Saying, I will be with you, Joshua. And you could almost put at the beginning of verse 6 in, in these verses, a big fat therefore. Right? Because he says, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Verse 6, be strong and courageous. Listen, y'all. The, the, the tree of, of trusting God, the, the fruit that comes from the tree of trust, bears all sorts of fruit. All sorts of fruit when we trust God. But one of those fruits that, that we get from trusting God is to be strong and courageous. Strength and courage comes from trusting God. And he says it right here. That's why he tells Joshua, I'm going to be with you. I have promised you this. You can trust me. Therefore, be strong and courageous. And I want to tell you all this morning that very thing. To each and every one of you in this room and everyone watching online, be strong and courageous. What are you walking through today? Be strong and be courageous. Why? Because the Lord is with you. All right, we're going to put a pin in that point and get back to it in just a second. But when we look at everybody that we talked about this summer, from Jonah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel, David, Moses with the Israelites in the desert, Mary and Martha, or Mary, they were all strong and courageous. Yes, Mary even, sitting at Jesus' feet when her sister was behind her doing all this work. She was strong and courageous. You know why? You know, we, as, we as Christians, I, I just think we have the hardest time resting. There's a lot of talk these days. I don't know if it's new or if it's just because of where I'm at in life, but I read and see and hear so much about taking Sabbaths, like literal Sabbath days. And it's amazing how many people talk about taking a Sabbath and how few actually take a Sabbath, myself included. It is hard to rest. And the reason it's hard to rest is because we think if we do, that something is going to happen. We are afraid to rest. And so it takes courage to rest. It takes strength to say, I'm going to stop and I'm going to trust that as I stop, Jesus is going to cover me. And so, yes, Mary, sitting at the feet of Jesus, was strong in that moment to resist the temptation to get up and start working. She trusted that Jesus in the room was enough, right? What a novel idea. I already preached that sermon. You can go back and listen to it some other time. But the story goes on with Joshua in verse 12. And this is important. 
But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, The Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men, ready for battle, must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you, and until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan toward the sunrise. Then they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Check this out. Only be strong and courageous. This is not God telling Joshua this. This is these soldiers who aren't going into the promised land. They're saying, look, we're going to follow you, but you need to be strong and courageous because you're our leader. We need to see that from you so that we will be strong and courageous. I want to say, why are we talking about this? Because y'all, I believe that there are people that are watching the body of Christ that need us to be strong and courageous in this world. Family members, friends, people that despise and hate you are looking at you and looking at all of us, say, are they going to be strong and courageous in this world? And if all they see the body of Christ as being weak and cowardice, why in the world would they ever grace the doors of any church? Our witness begins out there. And if we want to see Beaches Chapel full, and Neptune Baptist full, and Beach Church full, and 1122 full, and Redeemer Church full, and all the churches in our community full, we have to look different. We have to be different. We got to be strong and courageous and not be fearful of what is outside the doors of our churches. And so these soldiers are going, yeah, be strong and courageous, Joshua, and we will follow you and we will fight with you, but only may God be with you. You know what they say? They don't say in what they, they don't say, Joshua, be really good at fighting. All right. Be really good. Their one condition, their one condition is that God would be with them. So yeah, we'll go. We'll go. If God is with you, we will go. Only be strong and courageous. Don't cower in fear. Don't be weak. Be strong and courageous. Exodus chapter 3, starting in verse 1. We're going to go back in time now. to the story of Moses. It says, One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the, mount, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to a, take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush. Moses! Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, 
I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. Say that part again. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. All right, here's Moses' response in verse 11. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? What Moses is not doing in these verses is trusting God. God has given a command. He has told him what to do. He has said what he is going to do. And Moses' reaction is to turn it all on himself. Who am I? Right? Who am I? Who am I to lead these people? Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? I can't go back. Insecurity, right? Distrust in God. Moses is, Moses is saying, is hearing God, you do this, and then what he's understanding is, as God tells him to do this, that means then after that, God's going to leave, and Moses is going to go this way, and God's going to go this way. He's all right, you've given me my marching orders. Now I have to go and do this all on my own, which is not what God ever does with us. But we see it and we hear it in Moses' response. Who am I? Put yourself in that situation. What are you walking through? How can I do this? I'm not qualified. I don't have what it takes. I don't know enough. And it's all about me. Listen to God's response. Verse 12, God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the only one who... uh, I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. Notice that God doesn't say, oh, Moses, Moses, you're awesome. Like, you have what it takes. Like, you are smart. You are skilled. You're amazing. Which is a lot of times what we want to hear, honestly, right? That's what, like, God, come on, like, give me something here. Something I can work with. His response is, I will be with you. It's the same exact thing the soldiers told Joshua. Hey, our one thing, that God be with you. What does God tell Joshua when he tells him to go? I will be with you. Our abilities to handle any situation... Anything that life throws our way is not what we can do, but who's with us. That's why we don't trust in horses or chariots. We trust in the Lord, our God, because he's with us. We can't take horses and chariots everywhere we go. Success in our job, the the fancy car, doesn't mean anything when a doctor gives us that report that we've been dreading. Doesn't mean anything when our marriage is on the rocks. Doesn't mean anything when our children for the life of them won't come to church with us. Those things do no good. But what we can say is the Lord our God is with me in this. And that's what I put my trust in. It's not about what I can do. Moses a second time protests in verse 13. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask, what is his name? I always wonder, how does he know that? 
Like, God has been around for a while. Why does he suddenly think, like, what are we going to call him? I don't know. That's a side point. <laughs> These are good questions to ask when you're reading Scripture. They ask, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replies to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. We talked about God giving names to himself. Alpha and Omega, I am who I am. Y'all, try and meet someone in this world who has those names. Like, if, if you can meet someone who says, hi, I'm, I am, first of all, like, run, all right, pray. But, like, we don't have that in our life. We don't have that. We're going to close this morning, and I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you this morning to be strong and courageous in whatever you are walking through. Whatever you are walking through. And I want to ask you this question. Is there something in your life? Is there something in your life that you are fearful over. And maybe you need to write that thing down. I, I really, I want to encourage you to do this. Write that thing down, that thing down that you are walking in fear over. And then I want you to do is I'm going to say this. God, I'm giving this to you. I'm giving this to you, Alpha and Omega. I'm giving this to you, I am. And I'm no longer going to walk in fear over this because I trust you with this. And I'm going to be strong and courageous. I'm not going to walk in fear anymore, Lord. I want you to be strong and courageous in how you pray. What are some things that maybe you haven't been fully honest with God about? Be strong and courageous to tell him those things. Sometimes it's hard. It's hard to be honest with God. We, we love to generalize our prayers. Father, forgive me of my sins. What sins? Father, bless my family. What about it? God, bless my finances. Be more specific. Let's be strong and courageous in how we pray. Let's be strong and courageous in our worship. I think I might be preaching to the choir a little bit here at Beaches Chapel on that one. But I do believe there's some of us that we can, God's calling you to go deeper in worship, to take the concrete boots off and dance before the Lord, to raise your hands, to come to the altar during worship and bow. When you do, you're going to realize that no one posted about you on their Facebook page. <laughs> they were actually too busy worshiping themselves. Be strong and courageous in how you worship. Be strong and courageous in your marriage, with your children, in the doctor's office. Be strong and courageous when you talk to people about Jesus. I'm going to say that one again. Be strong and courageous about talking to other people about Jesus. About when you invite that family member or that one close friend, you know which one I'm talking about. Be strong and courageous to continue to invite them to church. Be strong and courageous with that coworker or that neighbor or that friend that has a different political view than you. Gasp. Talk to them about Jesus. You know, we say here at Beaches Chapel, and we, and we believe it, and I, and I believe that we've actually talked about this in our elders meeting the other day. Like, the culture of Beaches Chapel has embraced and has become the mission statement of Beaches Chapel is that we, we are a home. We are a home for all to begin and grow in a relationship with Jesus Christ.
And I hear story after story of people coming in and saying, I just felt so welcome. I just felt like this was home. And they felt that way before any worship started, before I preached any sermon. They felt that way walking in because the church, because y'all have made this place a home. I'm so grateful for that. I'm so humbled by that. I'm so encouraged by that. But my question for all of us, myself included this morning, is who are we inviting into our home now? Who are we inviting into our home? Into this place that we call home, who are we opening up our doors to? Saying, hey, why don't you come? Why don't you come in for a visit? Love to have you come visit my home. Be strong and courageous, y'all. Pray over those people in your life. Start inviting people into church. This world needs us to be strong and courageous. They need us to lead them to Jesus. We don't have to know all the answers. We don't have to have the Bible memorized. We just have to invite them. And for some of us in here, that may take a lot of courage. Let's do it. Start inviting people into our homes. You heard earlier, we're launching community groups in September. Sunday mornings. Oh my goodness, I love church. But there's something about sitting around a table and looking at each other and just having a conversation about Jesus and what we're walking through that helps us to gain strength and courage. If we try and do it by ourselves, it's going to be really, really hard. But when you join a community group, suddenly it's not just about you lifting your own arms, but you have an errand Suddenly, you gain strength, you gain courage, not because of a sermon that was given on a Sunday or the worship, but by the people that sit next to you in church that you maybe have never met before. And that's the church being the church. So be strong and be courageous, introverts, especially myself, to join and open up. You don't have to give your whole life story in the first meeting. You can just sit there and not say a word if you want. As time goes on, I believe God is going to do amazing things through you if you if you just commit to join a community group. Remind us all this morning as we close: God has never and will never make a mistake. His ways.
trust him. I do want to encourage y'all, if there is anything that you are walking through today that you're fearful over, really, write it down. Write it down. And if you're married, please share it with your spouse. Maybe you both already know, but if you don't, if you've been hiding it from your spouse, share it with your spouse so that y'all can pray over it together as you should be. church and I see a church that loves to worship I see a church that is so giving and generous and y'all are generous and not I'm not just talking about your tithes I'm talking about in your time in your energy and how you serve here how you love on people but you're the church seven days a week but I also believe, y'all, that God is calling us to more. God is calling us to more. And he's been building this foundation over the last couple years. And there's something coming. There's things on the horizon. Opportunities for growth, opportunities to do more as a church. But if we're going to do that, we can't be weak and cowardice. We have to be strong and courageous. We gotta be the church fully and trust God in all of it. And I believe that testimonies are coming, that there are signs, miracles, and wonders that are going to be talked about from our stage. I believe that miracles are gonna happen on that women's retreat. I mean, miracles are gonna happen. I believe that miracles are gonna happen in the community groups that we have. I believe that miracles are gonna happen on Sunday mornings. I believe that miracles are gonna happen in our school year this year on the mission trips that we go on, on, the, on the, people, the people that we partner with, the missionaries that we support in other communities. But that only happens if we trust in God and we believe that he is who he says he is, that he is Alpha and Omega, that he is I Am, that the cross was enough, that Jesus did it, that Jesus did it. And if we walk in that if we walk in that truth and the world sees us different than everything else around them, they are gonna come running because Jesus is too good. He is too good. They're gonna want a piece of what we have. They're gonna see the churches filling up, spilling over. Praise God. But can we be like Joshua? Can we be strong and courageous? And it starts in our homes. It starts in our lives. Father, I pray right now, Lord, for our church, for Beaches Chapel, for those in it, Lord, those in here and those watching online. God, I'm not asking for a show of hands. You know, you know those that are struggling to, to trust you, Lord. And, and it's not in a vindictive way. It's, it's not like because they don't believe. It's just life is really hard. things that they're walking through, things that we're walking through, Lord, that just are beating us up. It can feel really discouraging. It can cause a lot of fear. But God, right now, we say that you are greater than those things. You are greater than all of those things. 
God, we trust you. We trust you, Father. God, we trust you with the scary test results. God, we trust you with rocky marriages, Father. For those that are wanting so desperately to find a husband or a wife. We trust you, Father. We trust you with our children, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We trust you with our children. That they would come home. God, bring them home. Bring them home, Jesus. Father, we trust you with our finances, Lord. We do not put our trust in the horses or the chariots. We are trusting you over those matters. That you are not deterred by a bank account. That you can go far above and beyond. If you can feed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish, you can pay our utility bill. God, we trust you with the future of Peaches Chapel. We just pray right now for our women's retreat that you're going to do mighty things. You're going to do mighty things. Father, we, we lift up our community groups as well. We're a month away from starting again. I'm so grateful that they're starting soon. That as we gather around tables, God, that you would soften our hearts, Lord, and, and, and work on those things that we've been holding inside. Shared would not be done out of obligation or pressure, it would just flow. It would be so easy, Lord. I thank you for a body of believers that make those conversations easy. And there's no judgment in the room ever, Lord. It's just people loving on each other. Man, I'm so grateful for that. God, we just lay at your feet all the things to come here at Peaches Chapel. Thank you, Jesus. Bless everyone in here, Father, who's struggling. Concerns at your feet. That we would walk out of here strong and courageous, that that would be our mantra. Hallelujah. You are a good God. Yes, you are faithful. You are upright and just. You are sovereign. You are perfect in all of your ways. And you never do any wrong. So we trust you, Lord. Trust you with the big things. Thank you, God. Love y'all. I'm grateful for this church. I'm grateful for.